All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Friday, and welcome to the latest edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Today, we're going to take you uh, to two great places. First, the great state of Arkansas, where former Governor Mike Huckabee is going to join us. He is obviously one of the most important voices in all of conservative politics, one of the great thought leaders of his generation. It doesn't matter whether it's states' rights and federalism or how to shrink the budget in America and everything in between. He has his finger on the pulse of the conservative movement. So Governor Huckabee, whose daughter, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, has now succeeded him as governor in Arkansas. So a second generation governor. Pretty exciting. We'll talk to him about that, I'm sure, as well. In fact, Governor Huckabee Sanders has made a move to start to reduce and eliminate Arkansas's state income tax. A move, by the way, that's sweeping across A lot of the country. How about that? Many states realizing they don't need an income tax to get by. So we'll start the show off today with Governor Huckabee, and we will end up in Tulare County, California, which is hundreds of miles away from the border, but which had one of the most heinous, horrific crimes in recent history. Six members of a family, including a 16-year-old with her 10-month-old baby, shot dead execution style by drug cartels that are moving across the southern border. Think about that. Hundreds of miles away in Tulare County. A family's victimized because of the open border. A reminder that every state, every community is now a community border in the Biden years. The influx of the cartels and human trafficking and drug trafficking combined with the movement of illegal aliens into the interior of the country has created a situation we haven't seen in American history before. And Tulare County is one of those places that experienced the deadly wrath of these policies, this ignorance of the open border. And today, the sheriff from Tulare County, Sheriff Mike Bordeaux, is going to join us. He's going to tell us what happened to that family, why it happened, how it's connected to the border. These are very important anecdotes to remind this country that there are lethal consequences from fentanyl, from gang wars, from cartel executions, and other episodes 
that we see every day in our country, carjackings, drunken driving, all committed by illegal aliens in this country. We're going to cover that with Sheriff Mike Bardot at the second half of this podcast. So we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have the one and only Mike Huckabee, former Arkansas governor, great thought leader of the conservative movement. He'll be right around the corner after we hear from our amazing sponsors, partners, and advertisers. We'll be right back. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 
All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Our next guest, he doesn't need an introduction. He has done so much over the course of his career, including leading the great state of Arkansas as its governor and running for president for the United States. And today, I believe, is one of the most important thought leaders in the conservative movement. He is former Governor Mike Huckabee. He joins us right now. Governor, good to have you on the show. John, with a send-up like that, my goodness, I would like to come on just to hear those nice things about me that I certainly don't need on social media, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. What's up with those folks? Hey, they got to they gotta research your bio a little bit better. They don't know the real Governor Huckabee. They're all true, which is the great benefit of that introduction. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on, sir. Well, it's my pleasure. There's certainly a lot to talk about. The, you know, I, while we're trading compliments, um, I hope people follow you regularly. I know that in my newsletter, we quoted you extensively, and your reporting on uh, this whole document story has just been stellar. And if it wasn't for the fact that you're a conservative and you tell the truth, uh, that'd be Pulitzer Prize stuff. I mean, you bre- you're breaking not just news, you're breaking ground with this. And I hope people subscribe to uh, to your channel, Just the News, and get your podcast because, uh, quite frankly, when there's something breaking, I find out what John Solomon's saying about it because usually I'm led the right way. Thank you, sir. That means a, a whole lot to me. It really does. This episode has, I think, allowed us to have two windows into a debate that I think America still needs to have. And the first one is the dual system of justice that we see, whether it's Donald Trump being raided, Joe Biden not being raided, to even something as simple as James Comer got a letter back from the National Archives, the same National Archives that for the whole time after the Mar-a-Lago raid was blabbing about everything that they knew about Donald Trump. They can't give Congress, which has legitimate oversight authority, a single piece of information unless the Justice Department warrants it on Joe Biden. Dual system of justice, it keeps playing out and becoming larger and more exacerbating every day. How do we fix it? Well, it won't be fixed until the mainstream press gets a belly full of it. We're beginning to see a little bit of the frustration in the White House press briefing room because they keep asking questions and they get stonewalled. They're told, go call the DOJ. They call the DOJ and the DOJ says, talk to the White House. And the White House says, well, we can't discuss it. And the DOJ says, oh, yes, they can. They can discuss anything they want to. They're not bound by any particular rules. And the People in that press room, I think, are finally being realized, are finally realizing they're being played. They're being played for chumps. And if they keep sitting there and taking it that way, well, then they deserve it. But I'm hoping that somewhere in that room, other than a couple of Fox journalists, there will be some people from the mainstream media that will say, that's enough. These people are not being truthful. They're hiding criminal activity. And it's time for us to, uh, to expose it for what it is. Yeah, it is. And it does seem like they feel like they're on a merry ground and they're getting a little more frustrated, which may be good for the media. I think there's also a moment of inflection now as we see how often the media was fed a bill of goods that we now know to be false. And the Twitter files have, I know, shocked a lot of my colleagues that I used to work at the Washington Post with or the Associated Press. There seems to be a slight awakening that maybe the people they put their trust in have been constantly misleading them. I hope this gives them a moment of inflection so that they get back to truth-seeking and not political outcome building, which it seems like they've been doing. The second part of this story, because it's going to reopen that window into the Biden family foreign influence peddling scandal, the University of Pennsylvania 
big recipient of China money. Most of that China money comes in while Joe Biden is affiliated, making a $911,000 payment from the university. It seems as though this is a new way for a Congress and others to look back and say, every time Joe Biden collected money later down the road, he does something that seems to be very favorable to the moneyed interest that enriched him or his son. The latest pattern, UPenn, of course, gets all that money, gets Joe Biden. And then when they want the FBI's counter espionage program on China closed down, by golly, within two weeks of the request, Merrick Garland delivers for the University of Pennsylvania. That pattern, which we saw in Ukraine with the firing of the prosecutor, seems to keep recurring. It seems like Congress is beginning to zero in on that. How important is that? It's critically important. And I think James Comer has uh, been right exactly at the right place. Uh, He is showing a level of tenacity that we have desperately needed. Um, I'm so glad that the House Republicans are doing the things they're doing. They're actually keeping their promises. And between what Jim Jordan is going to do in the Judiciary Committee, what uh, Omer is doing, uh, there's going to be some things that are so blatant that they cannot be ignored. And I really do believe we're looking at political scandals involving the Biden crime family that make every controversy that we've seen, whether it was in the Clinton administration or whether it was Iran-Contra during Reagan, uh, Watergate, doesn't matter, will pale in comparison to what we find because we've never seen a U.S. president who had these kind of ties to our enemies, communist China, uh, to Russia, all the while pointing their finger at their opposition and blaming them for the things they knew they were doing. And I think that's one of the things that makes this so very, very dastardly is they have made a wonderful, uh, almost an art form of accusing people of the things that they themselves know that they're engaged in. Yeah, it's a case of projection. That's right. They can't, they were accusing the Trump administration of the very things that they themselves were ultimately involved in. It's so remarkable to see that boomerang now. McCarthy has had a pretty remarkable two-week start to his speakership. A lot of important votes that were promised to the American people, but also a lot of tough votes for Democrats. Democrats crossing over on some of the China Select Committee and other China votes. It seems like they're off to a good start. What's your over-under on the early Republican leadership of the new House? I think Kevin McCarthy has exceeded the expectations that many people had for him. I'm not as surprised. I, I think I've known Kevin a long time. Uh, he's always been somewhat hampered by either being in a minority position or being second in command. Uh, so we've never really had the opportunity to see Kevin doing what Kevin is doing right now, and that's take the leadership role and run with it. Uh, I do feel it was unfortunate that some of those House members held off for so much. Uh, I know that a lot of people thought that they were being incredibly patriotic. They got some concessions, and that's fine. But here was the telling thing about all of that, John. They said it was all about principles, but when it got down to it, what they said was, we want to make sure we get good committee assignments and that we don't get punished for being 10% that tried to dictate to the 90%. I'm speaking as a person who had to govern, and I remember when a handful of people thought that they could basically hold hostage the entire process. Here's my problem with what some of these folks did. Now, some of them came through. Chip Roy is a good example of a guy that when he got what he thought was important, And he didn't demand anything for himself. But there were a lot of those folks, good people. My PAC supported every single one of them. So I'm not speaking about people I don't like. I'm speaking about people I liked enough to give money to. But the fact is, 
when they started talking about what they wanted for themselves, I said, that's not a principled issue. That's a personal one. Because if it's principled, here's what you say. I'll take my stand, and if it costs me everything, including a chairmanship or a membership, if it costs me relationships, I'll stand because it's principled. When you're principled, you don't care what the consequences are to yourself. When it is about yourself, you make that the criteria for getting what you want. Yeah, it's such an important distinction. And I think the principal part of that fight is now becoming more and more apparent to everyday voters and Americans. They're seeing really this wasn't about personal gain. It was about getting a set of rules that could change the way that a corrupt Washington was operating. And hopefully the next few months will bear that out. I want to go to some issue that I thought of all the 2016 presidential candidates. You played the most important role in highlighting federalism and states' rights. You showed it as a governor. I mean, the way you rewrote the rules and the healthcare system and the education system in Arkansas were historic, and they showed the importance of federalism and state rights. And when you got on the national stage running for president, you made federalism an education point of your campaign. It seems like today we have these extraordinary governors in so many places that are have been very effective in shrinking the Biden agenda by going to court or exercising their their roles, whether it's on mandates or the student loan forgiveness, which clearly has no legal basis for it. Are we in an extraordinary moment of a revival of federalism, one that maybe our founding fathers would be pretty proud of? Boy, I sure hope so. I, I think more people have done something that a lot of politicians in the past failed to do. They read the Constitution. They clearly understood that the federal government has been taking on responsibility that it simply did not have, but nobody challenged them. So two things have happened. One, governors and attorneys general around the country have read the Constitution. They know where the limits of the federal government should be, and they're pushing back through the courts, but they're also pushing back through the public marketplace. And they're making it very clear to members of Congress and to the American public that the federal government shouldn't be engaged in some of these activities. What people fail to fully understand about the Dobbs decision regarding abortion last June in the Supreme Court was that it didn't decide whether abortion was a good or a bad thing. Uh, it's said that whatever you decide about it, you're going to have to decide at the state level where this should have been all along. So when people tore their garments and acted like, oh, no, it's the end of abortion or, uh, oh, no, it's, uh, you know, the, the end of the world. Well, it's none of that. In some states, there are actually far more abortions than there used to be because those states are abortion-friendly. But it was all about the simple understanding that the federal government didn't have that role. And the Tenth Amendment is explicitly clear. It says that if it's not enumerated as a power in the Constitution, then it is assumed to be under the domain of the states. And that's how we ought to be approaching it. Washington should be a much smaller city there should be far fewer employees in the federal government, and there ought to be far fewer decisions being made in Washington that affect the general public. That's true federalism, and it's what we've been missing for a long time. Yeah, it really it has been missing from the equation for at least a couple of decades, and it seems to have been so revived. One of the interesting dynamics, Washington continues to spend more and more money. Now we're proud when we only have a trillion, $1.4 trillion deficit, which is kind of crazy to see a Democrat brag that that's all it was last year. It was only $1.4 trillion the budget deficit. But you're seeing states not only continue to maintain their budgets and balance them, contrary to Washington, 
They're also beginning to cut and eliminate state income taxes. I think there's more than a dozen states that have made moves toward no or lower income taxes. And I know your daughter now, the brand new governor of Arkansas, following in your footsteps, she's on the path to do the same. States are showing you can live on less tax money and still be a good government. Do you think Washington picks up on it? Uh, I wish they did, but I don't think they do. One of the reasons that I'm on the steering committee for the Balanced Budget Amendment Committee. It's a national group. Many of us on that committee are former or current governors. Uh, But states have to balance their budgets by law. And I think many of us are convinced the federal government will never do it, will never even attempt to do it until they have to. And that's what we really feel like has to happen, a constitutional transformation that says that the budget must be balanced at the federal level just like it is at the state's. I'm glad to see states recognizing that there, there's got to be a balance. You have to raise money through some kind of tax to pay for everything from uh, just your basic emergency services to education and funding prisons and taking care of Medicaid. Uh, we often said as governors, there are three basic things you do in the state budget, educate, Medicaid, and incarcerate. Those are the three things that take up usually 90% of a state budget. So you have to fund that. But you ought to fund it with some sense of saying, we're going to be careful about not raising more money than we absolutely have to have. Because when you get more money than you have to have, you end up saying, you know, it would be a wonderful thing to do X, Y, Z. And so you do it, not because you have a mandate constitutionally to do it. You do it because it's just good politics. And when you cut taxes, what you do is you force yourself to live within a more restrained budget. And ultimately, people keep more of their own money. They do with it what they want. Yeah, that's so empowering, too, once they realize, hey, I can have some of my money back that I've just gotten used to paying to the government. It is liberating. And I think people really saw that. A remarkable outcome of the Trump tax cuts. And by the way, you were one of the most important voices in helping Americans understand why those tax cuts were so important. Your campaigning for the tax cut package was so important. The government collects more revenue today on a lower tax base than it did when it had higher taxes because you get that sort of economic growth. It seems like more people need to educate the public on the impact of the Trump tax cuts because they actually created more tax revenue with a less tax rate. That is something that has been proven by the CBO and others. Is that become a selling point for maybe future tax cuts by Republicans in Congress? I think it has. Uh, What the Trump tax cuts did, and he took such a beating for it, but the truth is it supercharged the American economy. People ended up with $4,000 of of personal uh, benefits that they didn't have as a family. Think about that. Every American family, $4,000 better off. I mean, that's a lot of money for uh, most American families. And that's what the Trump tax cuts were able to do and provide. So, you know, when people say, oh, those tax cuts, it only helps the wealthy. That's simply not true. And and quite frankly, John, the wealthy are going to be okay. They're going to be okay because they have a mountain Uh, attorneys and tax lawyers and CPAs who are going to protect them. But the guy who's working the gig economy, driving an Uber, waiting tables, the person who works at a factory, uh, that person doesn't have a building filled with attorneys and CPAs. And that person simply needs a tax cut because that person, uh, that tax cut, it's real money in his pocket to do real things that he cannot do unless the government gets off his back and gets his hands out of that guy's pocket. Yeah, so important. Last question, because I know you had a little bit of fun with this in the last few hours. 
The New York mayor seemed to realize that, hey, this open border isn't a good thing for his city. That might have been propelled a little bit by Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott sending some of the illegal migrants his way. But he called for a border czar, apparently unaware that we already have one in Vice President Kamala Harris, though she's never been to the border or done anything. But I think an extraordinary moment where the border policy of Joe Biden has boomeranged on Democrats in multiple ways. You had a fun reaction to that. I think Democrats are starting to get a little worried about this open border, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I tweeted that Mayor Adams was calling for the appointment of a border czar. He apparently didn't realize, oh, we've got one. But, you know, as I said in my tweet, I don't hold that against him because I don't think our border czar is aware that she is the border czar. I mean, Kamala Harris, Kamala, whatever Joe calls her this week, she has no idea she's the borders are because she's done nothing about it. Yeah, uh, it's an extraordinary abdication of duty. The Homeland Security Secretary doesn't seem to be in charge of Homeland. It's a pretty remarkable moment, but it seems like Congress is about to dig in. James Comer is going to have a big hearing on the border, and I think that starts the form of oversight that maybe leads to some changes or enforcement of the law finally. Governor, it is such an honor to have you on the show. We always enjoy your insights, and thank you for the time today. John, it is a pleasure every time I get to speak with you. Thanks for what you do and keep up the good work. I will, sir, and God bless you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, everybody. You might have heard a story just a few days ago. A very young mother, 16 years old, was holding on to her 10-month-old son and running for safety when she, her baby, and four others were gunned down in a small central California town. 
The sheriff that is elected to oversee Tulare County said he wouldn't rule out the possibility of this being carried out by the cartel, but it carries uh, some similarities to other high-ranking gang-affiliated criminals who commit executions. So joining us now to give us an update on this heinous crime and their ongoing investigation is Tulare County Sheriff Mike Boudreaux. Sheriff, thank you so much for being back here with us. I sure appreciate the invitation. We're, we're happy to have you. I, I hate the reason. Uh, I hate that, that we are having to talk about this story. It's disgusting that it happened. Um, and, and I just gave some of the, the borderline or the surface details in the beginning. What else have you learned that you can share with us? Well, let me tell you the, the beginning of the story. I think most people already know it, but it, it's important. Um, so what, what we first learned on the 911 call was that there was multiple shots being fired. When deputies arrived, they did, in fact, find several dead bodies. But what made this uh, so horrific is that this was a family. Uh, they were all related for the most part, except one. It was a girlfriend to one of the people who lived there. But she was uh, with the family so long, she was considered uh, a wife. Um, as deputies are in the front yard, they see a, a small body, apparently a female, and a small infant lying right next to the female. Uh, both had received gunshot wounds to the head. As we began investigating this crime, it became very, very clear that this was an execution-style massacre. Uh, this was very deliberate. Uh, the amount of time that it took for them to get inside murder, massacre six different people and leave uh, was very short amount of time. From the dispatch call of service at 0338 until the time we arrived was just shy of seven minutes. So most of this had occurred uh, probably within less than five minutes time. The 911 call actually came from a surviving female who was hiding uh, under a bed in a, in a trailer on the property. Mm. Oh, what we have learned since, and I go to your original question, what we have learned since, um, it, it, there's a great deal of information that I would love to be able to share uh, with you. And we know quite a bit. We know quite a bit about this story. Not all the details and not everything do we know, but we know a lot. And I have to be very careful because what we have learned is, is that the cartel, as well as our, uh, the gangs uh, in our area and up and down the state of California, they do the same as we all do. They watch the news. We even have some intelligence uh, from uh, our local gang uh, on information that we shared on the news. That's how they receive their information. So I have to be very careful what I share. But what I can say is that the community has come out uh, with open arms around uh, this family. They've come out uh, trying to give as much information as they possibly can. We've asked for nearby surveillance video of anyone who would have it on their house and or businesses in the area. People are coming forward with that type of information. And then as well as what we're happy to see is we have an, a, a reward. Initially, it was $10,000. That has been raised to $25,000. We just received an anonymous, I say anonymous, he asked us that he remain anonymous. But we received some money from uh, a concerned citizen uh, out of New York. 
And so this story has not only gone nationwide, but it has gone around the world. We have someone in our office where their parents live in Peru, and this story was on their local story. And the reason that I think it's so impacting is because most of our communities are impacted by this type of cartel violence. Many of our communities already know that they're here. Um, Many people turn a blind eye to it when it comes to uh, the media and and people within our government in California because uh, we have such a soft soft on crime approach uh, with California government, which is unfortunate. And then finally, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, but finally, we have a very... Uh, We have a very alarming concern when it comes to our unsecure open border uh, with California and Mexico. Yeah. Uh, When you hear the cartels are involved and there's some retribution or whatever the motive of this attack is, it's a reminder that the ease in which these gangs move across the border and carry their business from south to north, east to west, it only has gotten easier over the last couple of years in a different time, in a different era would a crime like this maybe have been preventable because we weren't allowing so much free trafficking across the border? Well, I would argue that it's less likely. What we're what we're seeing is far more uh, people who are undocumented in our in our community alone. Populations are increasing. California's population is increasing of undocumented persons coming into the area. Now we all support the idea of someone coming in and making a better life for themselves. But the reality of it is what we're seeing come across the border are unvetted people. We have the cartels going back and forth. We have human trafficking. We have sex trafficking. We have gun running, illegal guns coming into the United States. And what do gangs want? Gangs want guns. Um, And so the connection between the cartels and gangs, many times they're married uh, together. The cartels will bring the narcotics and illegal drugs, guns into the United States and the gangs distribute them. And so there's a very close, tight knit connection between them. But back to the story that we had with the slaughter of the family. This was a cartel style execution because the message was very clear. This was a message being sent. And for anyone to deny the fact that this was not some type of message is ignorant to how these illegal cartels and and gangs operate. This family was massacred. There wasn't supposed to be anybody left alive. You know, it's one of the most devastating aspects, I think, of all of this is the fact that we now have political leaders criticizing the actions. They're they're playing armchair quarterback uh, when it comes to law enforcement. I remember it was a very eerie feeling watching Barack Obama criticize Cambridge uh, Police Department. And now we have Joe Biden acting like he can do the job of law enforcement better than they can. And he said something really strange. I want I want to get your reaction to this policies to emphasize de-escalation. We have to retrain cops as to why should you always shoot for de- with deadly force? The fact is, if you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. And look, to call a fresh approach to recruit and how we recruit, how we hire, how we train, how we promote, and how we retain, retain law enforcement. Wow. Sheriff, do cops need to be retrained or do they just need to be allowed to do their job? You know, let me say this. I think that our law enforcement in this country is some of the finest well-trained law enforcement in the world. Um, I can speak for California. I can speak for my agency. We receive de-escalation training. We receive use of force training. Uh, we we know when it's the uh, legal and appropriate time to use our weapon in the use of deadly force. We are highly skilled and highly trained. 
you know, the implication that you don't always have to shoot to kill uh, would imply an old Western movie that you just kind of want to shoot them in the hand and shoot the gun out of their hand or shoot them in the arm or leg and, you know, and they walk away okay. But the reality of it is even if you shoot someone in the leg, it is a very uh, dangerous, deadly situation. And to be honest with you, I've been in this job 36 years. I've been involved in officer-involved shootings. And the last thing I was thinking was to shoot someone in the hand. Um, that, that is not reality. Uh, that's movie. That's propaganda. Uh, when an officer pulls his weapon to use his weapon, there's a very specific reason for that. We face cartels and gang members who are all armed, quite frankly, many times better armed than we are, uh, and the dangers and even to imply that shooting someone without the idea, uh, with the idea that you just want to shoot him in the leg is, is what was implied by that. Uh, and that's not what he said, it, shooting in the leg, but he implied such. Uh, that's, that's not reality for law enforcement. I've been in dark alleys, very, uh, not very well lit. I've been in situations where I'm outnumbered and by myself. Um, and, and those stories are true with law enforcement all across this country. No officer wants to shoot and kill somebody. They don't. I don't know anybody that I've talked to that says, look, I'm going to go out and shoot and kill somebody if I have to today. Uh, many officers that I speak to say, look, the last thing I want to do is use my weapon. And we receive exactly what he's talking about when it comes to de-escalation. Yes, that's important. Uh, a whole other subject matter would be mental health uh, and what's happening with our mental health program in this nation. Our mental health services completely failed. Um, and so there's a lot of different scenarios that go into that. When you end up with a mental health situation, um, the services aren't there, quite frankly. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us today. I really enjoyed the time we had today. We were really having a serious conversation with the sheriff. When you begin to realize, Amanda and I, how many people's lives are affected hundreds, thousands of miles away from the border by what's going on, you have to ask yourself, why isn't this country more outraged? And the answer is, we don't know. Hey, before you go, I want to mention a couple stories we did at Just the News today. My great colleague, Natalia Middlestat, put together seven dozen, eight dozen emails from the Hunter Biden laptop showing that Hunter Biden lived at his Wilmington, Delaware father's home in 18 and 19 during a time when he's pursuing Chinese business deals and why he's going through his addiction. That is the same home. Yes, you're asking, is that the home? It is. It's the home where the classified documents were found 
Congressman James Comer, head of the Government Oversight Committee, is raising concerns about Hunter Biden's access proximity to those documents in light of what we found. That's a really good story to take a look at. Another one, my good colleague, Greg Piper, who we had on the show just a few days ago, really taking a look at the FAA making a major medical change on heart conditions for pilots, saying there's new scientific evidence driving it, but they won't say what that scientific evidence is, whether it's related to COVID, to the vaccines, to some other ailment we don't know. We're going to keep digging on that one, but a very important story there by Greg Piper, who does such a good job keeping us abreast of all of the medical twists and turns in public health today. All right, folks, have a great rest of your Friday. This weekend, we'll have some great shows, a fun conversation tomorrow with the restoration of America PAC leader and founder. That's one of the more influential political committees in politics today in Washington, actually really in the middle of the country out in Chicago. We're going to have a great conversation there. And then on Sunday, an all-star lineup, Lou Dobbs and Monica Crowley, among many great guests. So be sure to tune in on Sunday for the brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll have you well covered. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Have a great Friday evening. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. And thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.